Okay, James. Hi. James Hedge. James Hedge, um, I would like you to go into a little bit detail about your life. First, uh, if you would start with an introduction. Uh, uh, give us your background, uh, your location, the people, and just the, 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 the lifestyle and the environment that you lived in growing up. Um, so my name's James, obviously. Um, I live in the UK, specifically the east of England, and um, I grew up in a very strict Christian household. Uh, I mean, church every Sunday. I read the Bible cover to cover probably about three times in, in my 60-odd years as a Christian, I would say. Um, it was a very interesting upbringing because I was given no education on any other religion, it was always about Christianity, and just all I knew was kind of the other religions were perceived as incorrect. Um, it was it was just a very it's a very weird thing. I feel looking back, it was almost like I was I was almost like shielded from the world, if that makes sense. It was it was strange. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I I, I had something very similar. Uh, you you're not allowed to see outside of the bubble. And yeah. inside the bubble is the only thing that really counts. Uh, tell tell me about your family. Tell me about your parents and siblings and things of that nature. So um, I have one sibling. That's my brother. He's younger than me. I have uh, a mother and a father that are still together. Um, they have been strict Christians for, I think, a while. Uh, when they were younger, they were brought up in Christian households. Then kind of moved away from the faith when they were in their 20s and then came back towards the end of their 30s as far as I'm aware and then have been strict Christians ever since and my brother was also um, a strict Christian uh, up until the point when I moved away from the church and then he you know followed me I don't know if I gave him confidence or something to do that but he then made up his mind that he didn't want to be a Christian either. Do you, do you, was there any particular conversation you think you had with him or maybe something you said or did or implied that might have affected his perspective? I think the biggest thing that could have impacted him to make such a choice would be the discussions I had more in front of my parents with, with him present. Uh, a lot of the time it would end up we'd be, you know, sitting downstairs together as a family. Um, my parents would be reading something from the Bible and I would question something or, you know, there'd, there'd be a religious video on the on the television and, again, question something. And he was always present for most of those things. And I think that it was that sort of doubt that I almost planted that possibly caused him to move away. All right. Um, now, uh, a question that comes to mind. Um, we, we spoke before this interview, and you, you, you described a, a picture on... Uh, a circumstance where as a Christian as a devoted Christian you would debate atheists can you can you tell us about that uh, yeah so um, when I was obviously um, growing up uh, ever since the end years of primary school um, I met lots of children some of which I would class as my friends who were atheists so always I was doing my job as a good Christian boy to uh, make sure I, I tried to spread the faith and challenge this kind of um, s stupidity, how I saw it, that was atheism. And I would very often get myself, you know, 
instigate a religious debate in which I would use my knowledge of the Bible that I got from, you know, my father, uh, my mother, and these religious videos and the, and the pastors at church. And I would use that knowledge to often trump people that just didn't believe in God because they thought it was silly and they didn't have much of an argument. So for a very long while, probably up until about uh, the UK school year nine, I believe, I was actively debating atheists from the religious side of the table. Can, can you give us an example of one particular conversation that you had? Where you where you felt um, where you felt uh, victorious? Oh, so uh, so one of them, uh, which is quite vivid for me, uh, is a particular incident where I took uh, religious education um, for GCSE, which is the qualification we have in England. One of them, and um, that's the equivalent to high school. Um, uh, so we were in a religious education class. We were having a class discussion. And um, we were discussing creationism. Obviously, I was a I was a firm believer in creationism, and uh, one of the guys uh, couldn't understand the the creationist story in the Bible. I explained it again and again, and he kept telling me that it seems illogical. How could one being have the ability to do that? He got particularly caught up on the idea of the tree of knowledge. He was like, "How can you have knowledge in a tree? That doesn't make any sense." Uh, I don't understand. And every time I was retorting with, because it's God, God can do anything. And I really thought I was the intelligent one in the conversation, because I was just like, he just doesn't seem to get it, you know? It's God we're talking about here. And I really yeah. <laughs> did feel victorious after that debate, cause, because I just walked out of there just like, well, <laughs> that guy didn't know anything. He couldn't even respond to my comment. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Um... Okay, so you 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 did reach a point where your um, faith waned, and then eventually uh, went all together. Can you can you tell us about that process, about the right at the beginning when it started, and then throughout until it finally ended? Right at the beginning, it was uh, obviously I, I mentioned earlier I I've read the Bible probably about three times cover to cover, um, and. It it all it started with tiny little doubts. I think that's the way a lot of people have it. Where as I'm scanning through, I'm reading things like um, uh, Timothy two uh, verse twelve, First Timothy, um, where where you've got verses like, "I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent." And I'm like, "Well, that doesn't sound very nice." And you've got hundreds of these, especially in the Old Testament. Um, where you've got Moses uh, in Exodus verse 22, chapter 18, who's telling his uh, underlings to execute a sorceress. Um, and you've got, you've got hundreds of these accounts. And um, personally, I, I, just, I just kept reading these. Just, they kept cropping up, and I was like, this doesn't seem like a very, a very benevolent god, as was perceived. And that was how it started, just these tiny little things that I noticed, and then it went on to bigger downs. So you, you would say that it was um, verses that would pop out as you were reading the book, or, yes, or yes. A, say a new way of, um, of reading it, because I noticed um, when, when you look at something at a, at a particular age, especially when I was younger, even my, my, my children now, 
as as you begin to develop and experience new things when you go back just like watching a movie when you're young and then watching again when you're older mm. it looks completely different it's like when you when you were young it was amazing and wonderful and shocking and surprising but then you watch it now it's like this movie is just terrible and do you do you think it was it was that sort of thing or was it um, because you said you read it multiple times so you obviously came across these verses multiple times mm. but did did they not affect you the first time you read them was it after a second or yeah. third definitely um the first time it was i definitely had that childlike innocence and as well you have to factor in the fact that this is all i've been told is right my my entire childhood up until this point so when i'm reading these things um there's a particular case in the book of judges i think it's somewhere in chapter 19 where um, an israelite man is trapped in his house so he sends his concubine out to the crowd uh because he's surrounded by a crowd and they rape her and and I remember reading that, I think, the first time, and I was sort of like, oh, that's that's a bit interesting, that's a bit weird, I, God has his reasons, kind of thing, and and I definitely got that idea, and then as I read it more, I was sort of like, actually, that's horrific, that's terrible, why couldn't God just make those crowds go away, and instead he, he let this woman get raped and abused throughout, like, a night until dawn, I think is the quote, which is just terrible. Yes, um, it, 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 it does, uh, fill quite a few pages. When, when I was going through Genesis, and I did a series of videos, uh, going through Genesis, reading them with, with, with a, with a, with a serious look towards what the words were actually saying, sort of putting myself in the place of these people at this time. And it was, it was astonishing, really, how many really horrible things happened. But what I was always expecting was that the bad, person and, and i'm judging this based on you know my subjective view of good and bad but the bad person here who did something bad is going to be punished by god obviously and i would read through and i'd get to the end of the i'd get to the end of the chapter and at no point did god ever punish him and in some cases rewarded him and i was i was totally shocked and stunned so yeah that the, the bible verses were, were certainly uh, you know something to that effect um so so you so you read it three times and yes. You, 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 did you come across these problem verses at, at various points in time, or was it, was it always, was it in one particular reading, the, like the last one, that they finally, you know, broke the mold kind of thing? Um, I, I did. I, I kept, they kept popping up, um, throughout my reading. Obviously, when I was reading it the whole way through, I mean, I wasn't doing it in a day or anything, or even a week. It was taking a while. You know, it's a big book. Um, uh, but, it was they, they were popping up at other times as well outside of that there was the occasional religious video i'd see where some guy was using these verses to justify women being oppressed in the church or we'd get a verse to read in sunday school and then the previous paragraph would be describing something horrible and clearly the leaders hadn't read it beforehand you know given it a proofread otherwise they probably wouldn't have given that to the children um and it was just that sort of stuff it was just popping up over time and gradually it, it degraded my faith somewhat. So so would you say the the reading of the Bible was the primary uh, catalyst for that? Yeah, that, that definitely was the catalyst for it. And then the other factors come into play. Well, what other factors were there? So growing up as a teenager, um, up until the age of 16, I hadn't even thought about girls. You have to understand that I've been brought up from a very young age. Um, a girl is 
you know, it's it's unreachable until you're happily wed, and then on your wedding night, that's when you can do the unthinkable, the unspeakable, you know, because we mustn't mention that sort of thing. Um, and, and that was how I was brought up, uh, to believe. Um, and it it was, yeah, around that, that age of 16, you know, I started going through puberty, and, um, and a lot of my friends were talking about um, girls and the like, and I was just kind of like, hmm, maybe I I like girls or, or maybe I don't I don't know I'm very confused um, and you get a whole range of these factors that that just being one of them and uh, lots of other questions lots of my friends being atheists as well it's definitely one of them and and I, I'm asking these people these questions you know trusted friends um, uh, and they're giving me answers and I'm going home and I'm asking my parents these questions and they're giving me completely different answers that just don't seem to make sense um and that yeah those are just a few of the factors some of them are are almost too complicated for me to understand <laughs> looking back but at the time they made sense all right all right good okay okay um but once once you uh busted the bubble and and, uh, and embraced the the idea of atheism. Can can you was there a particular moment, or was um, was it gradual over weeks or months? Can 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 you recall back to the the moment that it happened that you were absolutely certain and sure that what you had learned from the Bible was not true? It's very difficult to pinpoint it, and I always think um, uh, there was a particular moment we were doing past paper questions in this RE class. And I wrote some answer that was, you know, stinking of just this kind of one-sided idea that Christian faith was the only correct one. And it was it was comparing Christianity to Islam, the question. And I just was just not presenting a balanced view at all. And one of my RE teachers just kind of was like, James, you, you can't think, even even if you were just, you know, thinking this would be a good exam technique, you can't think this. You know, it's just completely hypocritical. And I did take a step back and I thought of all the things I'd read, uh, because obviously I'd read about the Quran as well, on my own, outside my parents. They wouldn't tell me anything like that. All they would tell me is that Muslims were wrong, or Islam was wrong. And and I've been like, I mean, a lot of these things, you know, they're putting across similar horrible messages. At the same time, their religion is just as valid as mine. Is it the right one? And there was a particular moment where I was go, trying to go to sleep at night, and it was very hot because it was in the summer. I wasn't. Uh, I just couldn't get to sleep, and my mind was racing. And I did just kind of decide, like, you know what? When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to have a trial. I'm not going to live my life by God's word, and instead, I'm going to try something else. And and that's what I did. For for was it for one day or for the rest of your life sort of thing? It was it was at first it was a day, and then it was a week, and then it was how much has my life changed? Um, and, and yeah, that that's just, it was just gradual, and then I just didn't stop. Uh, please give me a second. All right, not not a problem at all. Uh, we we may be interrupted by by a, a little mini version of me if if yes, she needs some help that's, that's that's not a problem that's what editing is for <clears throat> as you <clears throat> rightly said 
Okay, so it, your your faith waned, eventually disappeared, and it was a case of you you started testing the waters uh, in a single day, and as the waters seemed fine, you 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 let them flow, as as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say that your life uh, uh, changed, as in how you treat? Uh, people, how you treat other religions, how how you view and how you react to the world around you, uh, comparing before you when you were a Christian, and then after when you became an atheist. Can can you give us a, a good so idea of that? I I I definitely can. A perfect thing almost happened. On it was it must have been probably the second day of me trialing not being a Christian. <laughs> um, it was um, one of my friends came out as gay. Um, if I was a Christian, I would have looked to particular verses, um, certainly in uh, Romans one twenty seven being one of them, uh, where St. Paul condemns homosexuality, if you uh, don't know the verse. Um, and I would have used such verses, and to be honest, uh, Christian me would have said, you're no longer my friend, despite the fact that he was, you know, uh, he was a really nice guy, and I'd known him for so long, and he was very trustworthy. I still would have done that, because that would have been what my faith required. And that happened, and um, he came up to me and was like, I know how you feel about this sort of thing, I just, you know, I need to be true to myself, kind of stuff. And he was just like, how do you feel? And I took a step back, because it's very hard, I've been raised like this my whole life, and I took a step back, and I thought about it, and then I just breathed, and I just said, that's okay. And straight away, I felt like it was it was just really nice. Like, there was, there was no hatred there, there was no disgust, it was just acceptance. And they talk about all the time in the church, about how Jesus accepts everyone. And yet, for the first time in my life, I felt like I was accept- accepting someone because I wasn't in the faith. Wow, that, I think that's a, yeah, that's a that, really good that, point. It was it was quite a powerful experience for me, um, without <laughs> the risk of me sounding like you know it was God, but um, it it was it was you know it was meaningful certainly. Um, yeah, that's 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 one example. Did uh, did he know that you weren't religious anymore, or that you were on day two? No, he didn't. I didn't tell anyone because I thought as soon as I told someone there's a chance that it could get back to my parents and then they they kind of never forgive me because you know that that's who they were um yeah it's it was it was all very hushed and i didn't tell anyone until later on after i after i kind of completed um, okay well how about how about you go into as much detail as you like about the adventure the day that you told them that you no longer believed Oh, so um, uh, the day I told them it, it really, it was just a normal day. I mean, I think that's how most most of these things start. It was just a normal day, and um, standard thing. It was a, it was. I say it was a normal day. It was a Sunday, um, and um, it was it was a normal Sunday. And we got up. Uh, I had breakfast. I had a bowl of cereals, uh, standard stuff, um, and then. Um, we sat down to, to watch 
a religious video uh, because at this point we were transitioning between churches so instead of going to a church we did what my dad called home church which was just watching uh, religious videos and reading bible verses and praying as a family and i sat down in my chair he was just like, i'm just going to put the video on and i just said do you mind if i don't watch it and he was like why wouldn't you want to watch it you know it's nothing more important than god remember and i was like actually i would disagree i've got some homework to hand in for history tomorrow um and i'd like to go and do that please and he just kind of you know wasn't grasping this this idea and he was like well no no, no. I, I think you're misunderstanding you know this is the god this is this is the lord's day you've got to make sure that that you're that you're praying and i was like but what if i don't want to he was like well you have to and i I was sort of, uh, you know, being being consistent, and I was just saying, but I don't think I believe in God. And um, it was a very awkward moment, uh, because at this point my brother was still um, a Christian, my mother obviously was, and my father definitely was. And there, my mother just had a very shocked look on her face, kind of like, ooh, um, I wasn't expecting that. And my dad, I could see there was... Uh, a kind of flicker of anger behind his eyes and he was just like well okay whatever it doesn't matter you don't have to do it today you can do it another day um he's just getting slightly slightly irritated almost aggressive um and and you could see he wasn't really accepting it uh, and i said i won't be doing it another day i've decided that i don't want to do it any day ever and he did just kind of lose it he shouted at me quite a bit because um, I was only 16, so, um, and um, he was obviously telling me how I didn't understand the facts of life and how I would eventually come back if it wasn't tomorrow, then it would be the week after, if it wasn't the week after, it would be the month after, and if it wasn't the month, it would be the year after, um, and then and then I just got up silently and I walked off. Uh, in fact, I went for a walk outside to calm myself down. Um, and and that was that was just how that went down. And then family life has been awkward ever since. <laughs> wow, that is an amazing story. Thank you. Okay, uh, let's see what. Now you you said it was it's it's been awkward ever since. Uh, mm. But before before uh, before the interview, you mentioned to me the email conversations that you have with your parents. Where you do these little mini debates? Can can you can you tell us about that? So um, I I I started doing uh, so my parents um, they they don't like to have debates with me uh, that openly. Uh, normally, if we we do that, it will be sort of because something's on the news. And my dad will make a, a Christian-sided comment on it, and I'll just try and say, well, actually, you know, there's another perspective here. So to try and reach them, because at the end of the day, they've been living their whole life like this, and they impacted on my life quite a lot before, because recently, I mean, uh, I'm 18 now, um, so obviously I, I have, you know, uh, the legal requirements in the United Kingdom to do pretty much everything, um, so I'm not reliant on my parents. I also have a car, so I, I don't have to rely on them for lifts either, so I'm quite self-reliant. I also have a job as well, um, uh, so I have money, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, so it was... Um, God, I forgot the question. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. 
edit this out start again no no, no it's fine the uh, you 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 originally mentioned the um the the, the email discussions oh, the, the email debates right, yeah. uh, uh, um i'll i'll start that again that's fine um so yeah for so to start with um uh it was if i wanted to debate with my parents um it, we couldn't really do it. There, there was the odd occasion where something would come up on the news. My dad would give a typical Christian kind of one-sided uh, opinion on it, and I would challenge that with, you know, I would challenge it calmly with a, with a more enlightened opinion. That was that was the the aim to try and make him think, but it never seemed to work. And because I couldn't get my parents to engage that openly, I decided I would use emails themselves because you can't you can't just ignore an email my parents would always as soon as they got an email click on it straight away because it might be something from the church or something else important that they got and and i was like well what if i what if i use emails so i used this uh, i called them educate yourself emails and each week i did a different topic and um i, I wrote out you know a formal thing outlining the the uh, positives of having kind of an open opinion uh, on these different um, topics or uh, I would write out, you know, the scientific facts or theories behind certain things. Uh, evolution was a key factor as well as stuff like euthanasia and abortion. Um, and, and yeah, that was, that was how that started. So I just did these educate yourself, the series I called it, uh, of emails. And I just sent those out one every week on a Sunday. Um, and it was my way of saying, why don't, instead of watching these religious videos, which is, you know, preaching to the choir, why don't you instead read something that might challenge your viewpoint? And then you might start to think. Can, can you give us an example of uh, one particular one that you enjoyed or that uh, you got the most reaction out of them? Um, specifically... Um, Oh, it, the abortion one was was very, very um, challenging because my parents obviously have this traditional view: life starts at conception, uh, aborting the baby after that is murder, it's death. Um, uh, so I started off with um, uh, these uh, little little um, videos of pastors explaining how aborted babies would go to heaven, and then I simply posed the question that. In fact, it would actually be, because it's 21 weeks, the age for abortion uh, in this country, uh, for future reference. And I, and I pose the question, actually, it would be better if babies were aborted. Uh, because if, if you're going by that logic, then surely the baby will not have to live through the horrible world that we're in and will just go straight to heaven. It's like a fast track without the horrible earth part in the middle and they don't get the chance to you know be contaminated by sin and they could just go straight to god so it was a better thing and obviously that's quite a horrible thing to think of that oh yeah we should just abort the babies because it's better for them and that's what i was trying to do i was just kind of provoking those thoughts and then i um i proceeded to you know uh detail some things some little facts and i was like you obviously believe life begins at conception uh, yet we have no memory of anything that happens inside the womb or outside of the womb for at least the first year. I mean, more than that for the majority of, uh, I would think, 99% of um, children. 
Uh, and, and I was saying as well, at 21 weeks, a baby is, you know, starting to look like a baby. You know, the fetus is, is at that stage. It's, it's not, it's certainly not a human being by any standard. It's just a cluster of cells. It has no consciousness. It's not recording any information, um, uh, to the best of our knowledge at this time. Um, and, and I was just going through with these simple kind of facts, just thought provoking. And my mum came up to my room, and she never normally does this sort of thing. And then she was, because normally it's always my dad. And as she confronted me, she was just, you can't say that, that's horrible. You can't say that it would be better to abort babies. And I was like, well, tell me why it wouldn't be. And she couldn't explain it. And in the end, she just she just stopped. She'd been silent for a while, and she just walked back downstairs. And And it was a moment like that where I felt a slight triumph that, uh, all of this stuff that you've been feeding me my whole my whole life up until the age of sixteen has just suddenly like you know even with your knowledge of it you you still couldn't best just a simple piece of of logic and because you you have only been or had only been an atheist for probably what could be measured in months uh, I'm mm. assuming, and yet you managed to provide an argument that they as Christians, devout believers, could not defend against with decades of experience or or even you know a simple moment of prayer, because had God been real, a simple moment of prayer would have he would have been capable of revealing to them a uh, proper response, yet that didn't occur, did it? No, no, it certainly didn't. Um, and it is moments like that where I I do think this little email chain thing that I did was actually uh, worthwhile, worth my time doing. Um, but in the end, my parents just stopped opening emails from me for the stop, <laughs> um, just in case, uh, because I started because uh, they would just straight away delete if I gave them that title. So I started giving them other titles as well. Did you really? Instead being, yeah, instead of being educate yourself, it was it was oh check this out, and uh, with you know a couple exclamation mark kind of clickbait type stuff and they'd be like oh i wonder what it is and then click on it and obviously be confronted with what is from my perspective an informed opinion which they didn't like you clickbait emailed your own parents atheism i did i did almost <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's weird when you think about it like that but I really did. Well, you, you, it, it's weird to think about it, but but you actually did it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did do it because at the end of the day, eh, it's just one. I wanted to improve my own quality of life, and at the same time, I wanted to enlighten the people that have brought me into this world. If that makes sense, that sounds kind of noble. I'm not sure it is quite that noble, but but it is almost like I felt a responsibility, like. I don't, I don't want them to tell this stuff to other people as well. It's kind of like I wanted me to be the last one that they kind of won over with this sort of thing. Um, as, so as, if I could if I could challenge their faith, then they were no longer becoming spreaders of this just illogical fantasy. Has it worked? Um, I would like to say... There is some progress, but nowhere near as much progress as I'd like. Uh, my parents are still religious. Um, my my dad is still strictly religious. Um, however, my mum 
often challenges my dad on lots of different things. I wouldn't say she's she's close to being an atheist or agnostic, um, but she's definitely a lot. She would never challenge my dad on anything or any of the preachers, but I have seen her a couple of times now, and I've heard about it uh, kind of secondhand that they've done it in private whilst I haven't been there. When my mum has said things and questioned things, normally she's always placated uh, by my father's answers, uh, or through praying, um, but you know, there's there's a seed of doubt there, definitely, and um, so so I think there has been progress made, and also they don't, they they've just kind of accepted slightly more. They, uh, uh, it's 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 a weird, I can't use that phrase. That doesn't do it justice. Um, it's kind of like, then they're, they're not going to bother trying convincing me anymore that I'm wrong. Uh, but at the same time, they they haven't accepted I'm right. If that makes sense, they're they're reluctant now to uh, approach that that mm. that point of yeah. discussion with you. Mm. Yeah, just like that. All right, that's 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 fantastic. That's that's really good. Uh, I I wish I could say I had the same effect on my parents, but. Uh, no, they're just too old and set in their ways, and have no interest in in uh, this this atheistic perspective. Can uh, moving on the discussion? Can you give me a a good idea? Uh, you as a modern, young, clear-thinking uh, atheist, give me give me your perspective on how you perceive the the concepts of of and I like to use this word you know some some other atheists don't but but I think I think it's it's one of the best words used to describe I guess I guess the, uh, uh, an appropriate way of saying it is non-atheism meaning uh, anything spiritual the word the word I like to use is uh Oh, I forgot. <laughs> well, no, wait. This is coming to me. No, wait. It is actually super now. I was reading. I was. I'm sorry. I was reading and trying to That's speak okay. at, the, at the same time, and it's a really terrible idea. Um, is 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 supernatural, and that that could be a claim. Uh, supernatural as a claim of anything from, uh, I believe in ghosts, and that's it. To all the way to the the other end of the spectrum, I believe in uh, a single God created the universe, and and everything in between. Where you've got well, I believe in a spirit realm, but I don't believe in gods, or I believe in multiple gods, not just one God, or you know, there's a huge range mm-hmm. there. Uh, can can you give me your perspective on the entire idea, the entire concept? Because I know um, really that the definition of atheism is. Uh, someone who doesn't accept a supernatural claim or is uh, look is expecting evidence of a supernatural claim so as someone who I, I would guess doesn't do that can you can you tell me about what you think supernatural claims are and your perspective on them as as you said there um the atheists almost expect evidence of a supernatural claim um and that is how I started um, 
living my life. I told you about my um my kind of shallow steps at first into atheism to the point where I was, you know, swimming in the deep end of the pool, um, away from the from the safe bank of Christianity. And um it's it's kind of like oh, I'm finding this quite hard to describe. Um it's I, I started applying the idea of requiring scientific evidence before I believed in anything to everything. So in my perspective, anything supernatural came under the band of there is no evidence for this. And it's the same with, with anything like that from like, you know, autism co- uh, is caused by vaccines or, or you know, Bush did 9-11 to use, you know, conspiracy theory examples. Anything that didn't have what I required in terms of evidence, I would just immediately chuck out the window and then revisit later as new evidence arose, you know. I would have a self-paradigm shift um, to to these new uh, ideas if, if new evidence came about. Um, so for me, anything supernatural is just completely... I mean, I'm aware of them, obviously. I educate myself on them, as I do with most things. I think it's very important that... Uh, as an atheist, you have a very well-rounded perspective, uh, but I don't. I don't believe in them at all. Uh, anything from a spiritual plane is—it's just to me, it's the exact same thing as God. You're getting the belief in that from somewhere, whether that's a misinformed uh, interpretation of an ancient text, or whether it's a misinformed interpretation of uh, what you're seeing with your eyes, or an account of what someone else has seen, or the like. It's it's just it's out of the question for me. Okay, so would you would you say that there you would or would not distinguish between say a religion or a cult or someone who is just claims I'm spiritual? What what, what do you think about those those different avenues? Personally, I I don't distinguish that. I I group them all together in the sense that people who will. But believe something without evidence. That's just the group I give them. Um, obviously, there are subdivisions in that, and I'm I'm not going to just approach someone who just believes in the spiritual plane and just uh, you know have a go at them about believing in God. Obviously, they don't. I mean, I divide them if if I ever get into a confrontation with someone. Um, but but if I'm thinking about them, then yeah, they're all they're all on a level playing field, despite what they think of each other, which is clearly that you know everyone else apart from them is wrong um i i personally think they're all they're all as as incorrect as each other and the fact that they can't see the hypocrisy is quite entertaining to me um <laughs> but 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 yeah so um for me uh it's i class them all in the same group they're all people that just believe without questioning okay now um when i when i was young my my grandmother who helped raise me she was an extremely devoted southern baptist and i went to a southern baptist church and one of the things that i thought was really interesting was that her her view of certain scriptures uh, one of them and i would like your thoughts on this uh is right now we're able to travel into space and I think that's a pretty amazing thing. I do too. And I remember talking to my grandmother when I was probably your age, maybe younger, in my teens. And I asked her, 
or we were watching some something on television about space travel and i i started a conversation with her and her response was that space travel was not a good idea according to scripture the earth is the, no, the domain of man and the heavens are the domain of god and essentially never the two shall meet so she used uh, a, a biblical view that if for example she was queen of the earth or president of the earth that she would not allow space travel simply based off of uh, bible verses now even though we had the technology she wouldn't allow it so what would you say your view was prior uh, if it changed at all uh, to becoming an atheist and now and how do you see it so at the time of being a christian uh, i remember reading things such as psalm 115 i think um which is you know the heaven even the heavens uh are like the lords um the earth is given to his children uh to humanity um uh, whilst um you know that that the sky the heavens are, are gods and um I didn't really think much of it, uh, because a lot of people I knew, uh, uh, as a Christian, I knew a lot of people within the church that would use verses like that, and I think some others in Genesis, um, that's just, you know, God completely prohibits any aerial or space travel. Um, but actually, I wasn't, I wasn't that fussed about it either way as a Christian, um, because of my kind of lack of education in the field of science. That wasn't something I'd even considered. It was more of a thing, just like, oh yeah, that happens. Um, I do. I do. I think it's right by God. Um, oh well, God's obviously given man that knowledge, so yeah, I suppose it's okay. If he didn't want us to, he, he probably wouldn't have given us the information, the, the skills, the technology to do it. And that that was kind of how I approached that. And then now, as an atheist, I'm one hundred percent for space travel. I mean, there's lots of statistics about how NASA, you put $1 in, you get $7 out in terms of technology returned. Um, and it's incredible. You you look at our society at the moment, cordless tools, laptops, they all they all come from NASA, who, when they were developing technology that would be extremely useful for the original Apollo missions. And... I, I just genuinely can't fault space travel. I think it's an incredible thing, and I think we need to invest more money in it as a society, as our future, uh, as humanity is in space. I won't get into why I think that, but that's what I think. Good, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think I think we should have a lot more funding. I, I think NASA right now gets it's half a percent of the national buff, uh, budget, one, one half of a percent. When if they were given you know five or ten percent, we would be sitting on Mars right now having this conversation. <laughs> yes, which would be really amazing. Um, so so uh, let me let me bring up this other point, uh, and this is a, a before and after as well, uh, prior to uh, your deconversion and after. What are your thoughts on nationalism and and things like patriotism and? Um, like in the states, we have uh, saying the pledge allegiance to the flag, and 
this was a big deal when I was growing up and, and in school every morning all the kids got up and we said our pledge allegiance to the flag so what, what are your thoughts on the the concepts of nationalism and patriotism again that's a really interesting topic to approach from a religious stance point uh, I'm, I'm not really sure how I thought about it you know I was 16 at the latest um, when I was still a Christian, you know, and uh, then obviously converted in that same year. Um, so it was it wasn't something particularly on my mind. I know my dad was very patriotic and he still is. Um, you know, feelings of the Britain, you know, being superior to other countries. Uh, so that was definitely very prominent in my upbringing. Um, and I I would say that I did look down on those of other faiths, not only because of their other faiths, but often because of where they came from, uh, as well as that, you know, they were, they were people from a foreign land bringing their culture with them and bringing this and that with them, uh, and, and that was the kind of view I had as a Christian. I don't know how much of that was informed really by my faith, just as much as how much of it was informed by my family, uh, specifically my father. Um, but, but yeah, I think I think that's just kind of how I consider that. I was slightly patriotic, uh, probably probably above average for England because we're not that that patriotic here in the UK, um, generally. Um, and then definitely definitely as I as I became an atheist, all of those feelings went. I am certainly not proud of my country. I don't think anyone should be proud of their country really, uh, when considering. Pretty much every country has done terrible things, uh, currently or in the past, and I think uh, acknowledging patriotism and nationalism is acknowledging the terrible things you've done to get to that place where you can reflect in such a way. And I think to look back like that just encourages these feelings of superiority over other countries, which... I don't. I don't think is a nice thing to encourage. Personally, I feel like we should we should all put aside our differences as a standard thing, you know, and and instead of work together as a world instead of a uh, an earth divided. So it's it's like a an extension or uh, an evolution of tribalism in the past where we had our land and they had their land and if there's a like a river in between and we need the resources then you know we fight them they're they're always the enemy they're they are always a they and we are always a we it's it's almost like an artificial boundary that we put in between people that is it's not actually necessary i i, I don't see it as necessary no i i don't either definitely with you on that okay uh, another question i'd like to bring up uh, and this is again a before and after sort of snapshot how do you see and you, you touched on this a little bit earlier uh, bringing in your into the discussion your friend who was who mm -hmm. uh, told you that he was gay um, how do you see uh, not just homosexuality but the sexes as a whole because in in the news now there's a there's a big thing with uh, you know whether or not there's more than one, uh, more than two sexes, 
and uh, you know how people yeah. identify themselves and of course there's loads of memes with you know people identifying as a chair you know or people identifying <laughs> yes, yeah, as a yeah, uh, you know a, mus a muskrat you know or something like that can you give me your thoughts on what you would you thought about those ideas before and after again this is a really fascinating thing uh, as a christian it's black and white you know, there is, there is, for me, it was, you are male, you are female. There is nothing in between. Um, it's just completely those two polar opposites. Um, in terms of someone's uh, attraction, you are straight. There is nothing else. If you think something else, you are just a sinner, and that is the devil um, inside you. I uh, had had debates as a Christian against many people who would, you know, say they were homosexuals or say they were bisexuals and the like. Um, uh, I had a lot of them. Specifically something that I used to really, that used to really get me riled up as a Christian was those who would say, oh yes, I'm a Christian, and then practice something like homosexuality. That would get me very angry because, you know, the Bible is very clear about homosexuality. I mentioned Romans one twenty seven four, and there's also verses in Leviticus. Um, so all kinds of verses. Um, and yeah, that was that was just it was just this. If I wouldn't like to use the word hatred, but it almost was that. And and that's what I've been told it should be. That that should be my opinion towards the people from a young age. Um, and it was it was very strange. Um, when I was, when I when I was co converting, uh, it was really hard. It was almost like I felt like I'd been conditioned um, to, to to think that way about uh, people because you know I I had my homosexual friend and as I said I took I had to take those breaths and then just say you know what it's okay, and I had to do that with a lot of things because the. Like, as soon as I would see someone, you know, being openly homosexual, you know, kissing their partner, which now I find completely fine, I would just have that instant reaction of, oh, God, that's disgusting. And I'd have to completely stop those thoughts and say, no, that's not right. That is just what I've been told, and I need to turn around and stop thinking those things. And now, as an atheist... I would say that I don't I don't care really what people identify as their gender. I mean personally I I'm not an Apache helicopter. Um <laughs> I you know <laughs> to use one meme that I've seen plenty of times. Uh, uh I I personally think I'm a male. Um we won't go into my sexuality at all. I think that's a that's a whole nother ballpark to jump into. I'm I'm not I'm not anything wild or crazy, but I, I certainly think that I, I wouldn't just say I am heterosexual because I think there's always the chance that one is not. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, again, an open mind stance to this thing. Um, and, and now I just, I basically take the opinion that, I, you know, I'm not being informed by the Bible anymore, so I'll make up my own mind. And my own mind says, as long as those people aren't pushing their agenda and forcing everyone else to, as long as they're not hurting people with the way that they're acting, I have no problem with it. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't affect me. Um, and it's just, if people want to be like that, then they can. 
you know it's not for me to decide the moment where i start again telling people how they should act is i feel almost a moment where i i slip back into those religious practices now that's a really good point that is a really good point even as an atheist by by expecting or forcing or uh, taking that taking that uh, kind of antagonistic uh, pushy view it 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 does and it, it, it's done it to me as well it does make me feel as though yeah um, I'm, I'm I'm putting on my old boots you know how, how they how they feel when you put them on and you just attack and it's and you have to stop yourself and go no that's it and, and like you mentioned it's it, it, it it's not right and I need to keep in mind that I could be wrong and that's I think that's one of the key elements to atheism is accepting that you could be wrong and that's one of the key elements to being a person of faith is you have to have absolute faith that you're not wrong that you are right and it, because as soon as you doubt anything inside the faith that or at least how I was raised and you sound like that you it was something similar to you as soon as you let a moment or a thought of doubt in that's the devil and he is going Definitely. to drag you right to hell if you continue on this train of thought 100% I had that um, any any doubts that I came to I said uh, you know I'd ask my parents uh, particular questions that I'd asked the same to my friends earlier and I get their answers and compare them to my parents and my parents answers just went back yeah because the majority of the answer they give me every time was it's the devil it's he's he's getting in there he's trying to worm his way into your soul you know get god out don't let him don't let him you know uh, just ignore those doubts and i was literally told to just ignore the questions i had which as an inquisitive teenager is you know that's 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 not something that's acceptable i i, I wasn't asking for you know, I was just asking for something reasonable, and every time I was met with the same as you, it's the devil. Yeah, it's telling telling a teenager no, because is not acceptable. It's it's not effective. Mm. It may be effective when they're five, just saying no, but it's certainly not effective when they're fifteen. Certainly. You're gonna want a reason. Um, yeah, that that was definitely the case for me. What would you say is the best thing that atheism, the, the idea, the concept, has given you? Uh, the best things that it's given me is, number one, an informed opinion. Uh, I mean, beforehand, I had a completely closed-minded view. I wasn't educated on anything. And as an atheist, I felt like it was my responsibility to actually, you know, uh, there's a very famous quote, I think, which is, um, for me to debate a Christian, I have to read the Bible. But for a Christian to debate me, they don't have to read any type of scientific book. Um, and I feel like now as an atheist, it's my responsibility to read as as many religious books as possible. I have a copy of the Book of Mormon. I did have a copy of the Quran, but I've recently lent it to someone, and obviously have a copy of the Bible um, from my days as a Christian. Um, and it's yeah, that's that's you know, that's that's the first big point um, in terms of you know a, an educated opinion. 
uh, that's informed about all of the different aspects of what people perceive as faith um, and also the scientific elements that make up my opinion. Um, secondly, I think it's given me a fresh, neutral outlook on the world that I certainly didn't have before. Before it was everything came with, you know, uh, a natural prejudice determined from my Christian upbringing and, you know, what I've been told in the Bible and by my parents. And I made sure that when I converted to atheism, I took everything um, as it is and just, okay, accept that. And then later form, you know, form my opinion on something that's actually tangible and not just, you know, on the word of a benevolent creator. Um, and I think that is definitely something that atheism has given me, this, this kind of freedom, as it were, this, this uh, an amount of, of freedom within how I look at the world uh, and how I, I make sure that I, I, I don't judge people straight away, uh, which I didn't get when I was a Christian. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that it's given me. Mm. No, I think I think those are the main two. Um, you know, a neutral position to the world and an informed position to the world. How do you look at relationships now that you're an atheist? I, I find that topic quite quite entertaining so um as a christian obviously i said up till the age of 16 i didn't even girls just kind of didn't come into it it was i knew what a relationship should be in, in the eyes of a christian and i determined that as you know what the bible says literally a partner for life uh you get married you don't do anything until you're married you know you don't live together you certainly don't sleep together um you don't do anything um, you know, it was nothing until marriage. You know, you could talk to each other, obviously. Um, you know, it didn't go that far, but uh, there was there was no sort of physical contact other than maybe hugging, and maybe kissing, a stretch, um, and that was it. And then, oh, obviously, uh, as I said, um, up until sixteen, I didn't even consider any of that. I was just like, no, I was just getting all the merry ways. I did have the bright idea at the age of about 13 that oh this is easy i could just you know um abstain from from sex i think that'd be easy you know it'd be fine um <laughs> and then obviously as an atheist it's it's very different now because for me relationships um can range from anything from a serious committed relationship as i've had um to more casual things which i've also had um and yeah it's just the only thing now that determines what i do with someone is how comfortable i feel and that's that is literally it um i don't i don't bother with any scripture telling me what what i should or shouldn't do i do i bother with me telling me what i shouldn't shouldn't do and if i'm comfortable with something i'll do it if i'm not comfortable then obviously i won't and that applies in all of my you know, romantic relationships I have. Um, I think I think that's it. It's just just changed me in that way. Um, you know, I still I still respect people. Obviously, um, I just um, uh, yeah, I just I just view it differently, completely differently. It's not just that you know monogamous um, 
well, I mean, it is monogamous, but I'm, you know, it's not that one relationship for the rest of your life. It's as many as you want. I can't help but smile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, what advice? Because you, you lived with your parents and were highly religious your entire life, up until the point where you broke the news to them. Now someone listening to this who is in a similar situation that you were in where you are in a household parents rule supreme they pay the bills and they're doing everything for you and there may be consequences for uh, revealing that you are actually an atheist do you have any advice on whether or not they should and if they do how they should go about doing it so that's a very interesting point. Now, something that I'd considered, because obviously, you know, the situation with my parents certainly not ideal. Um, and I've often considered, um, you know, how that, how that could have gone better. And to be honest, as an atheist, you don't believe in the stuff. So as long as you're not wasting time, like for me it was, uh, doing the, our home church, or before that, you know, going to a church on Sunday... So as long as you're not wasting time in that sense, and, you know, you could effectively lie to your parents. I mean, maybe that's not the, the, the exact moral thing that you, you might want to do, but personally, I, I, I definitely would consider it, or would have considered it, if I could go back now. Um, because it would have been a lot easier, you know, instead of going through everything I did, just to pretend I was a Christian, and obviously publicly um, outside of the home just not acted that way um, I mean it's a dangerous game to play um, so that's probably not the not the best advice but the the thing I would say the most is um, question question everything that sounds weird that sounds fishy that sounds strange just just ask questions and eventually people run out of answers to give you and that's when you, you know that you're onto something. And you know, if you answer, if people, if you ask those questions and people give you answers that you're satisfied with, then you know, there you go. But chances are, if you come to a video like this, you know that they, they haven't been giving you those those satisfactory answers. <laughs> so yeah, Excellent. that's my that's 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 my big piece of advice questions it's not a big piece of advice it's tiny it's a little it's a little thing just questions but very important very important yeah all right well james it was an honor and privilege to speak Thank with you tonight it's been a pleasure to speak with you too and i hope you have a wonderful evening you too and i will hopefully talk to you soon mm, definitely tell me how this is all going send me a link <laughs> i most i most certainly will and i hope you enjoy it Thank you, Lovely. sir. Lovely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.